Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. Amen. I hope you brought your Bibles to church. I ask you to do that. I'd love for you to bring a physical copy. I think we just look at our screens too much these days, and so... If you don't have a copy, get a copy. We, matter of fact, we have those for you at Next Steps. You can grab that. We're in the final week of this series we're calling Square One. I love preaching in January. I always like to tell you where we're going before I get to where we are. Next week, we're starting a brand new uh, series on relationships called Stuck Together. <laughs> I feel like for the last 12 months, we've been stuck together. You know what I'm saying? And we've been stuck at home together. We've been stuck in the house together. Some of y'all been stuck together, and you didn't. You tried to get unstuck from everybody. And, and uh, it's a series about all relationships, not just our romantic ones, not just marriage and and dating, even though we'll talk about that, but just all relationships. I hope that you're there for uh, that series that kicks off next week. I'll be uh, preaching Stuck Together. But we're closing this series called Square One. If you haven't called up, catch up online uh, all three of these weeks. It would uh, They, they kind of build on one another. Today I want to finish this series. And I don't want to give you some instruction about what to do. I feel like I've spent the last three weeks kind of giving you some, here's what you can do. Here's how you can make moves in your life. You cannot have a do-over year, but you can have a start-over year. Say amen to that. You can't do... I wish I could go back and do over some things in my life. We were driving in the car the other day. I have a six-year-old little boy, and my little boy asked uh, Brandy and I, uh, Mama, what would... Uh, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? And and this is what little boys ask. And, of, and uh, of course, uh, mine is... Uh, I want to be tall. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> And, and he said his was uh, teleport. He wants to go back. <laughs> he, wants to, he wants to be able to go back in, in time. And I wish that was possible. I wish you could. I, I wish you could go back and change some things. But the truth is we can't. But we can start today and go forward and our lives be completely different. Amen, everybody? And that's what this series is all about. It's about going forward. I love to-do list. Where's all of my list people at? Come on, hands up. All my list people. Come on, keep your hands up. Keep, we're going to put you on the dream team if you're not. Keep your hands up. I need you. Where's, where's everybody that you have never made a list in your life? It just kind of comes to you as it comes to you. I about could have picked you out, honestly. Your shirts are untucked. You're just you're barely there. You kind of got that sleepy hair in the back corner, you know, where where I just it's easy to tell. I, I'm a to-do list kind of guy. I'm a sticky note kind of guy. I love post-it notes, and I write post-it notes, individuals, st- and, I, and, I'm, and I love technology. I preach from an iPad. I, all of my life is, is synced with my team on, on shared calendars and, and, and my family calendar, but, but there's just something about writing out a to-do list. I do it better when I write it down. And, and a lot of people start in January with a to-do list. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's the things I'm going to you know, accomplish this year. Here's the goals that I have. Here's the resolutions that I'm making. But honestly, in your life and my life, there's, there's a lot of room, not just for stuff that we do, but there's a lot that could change in our life if we made a to-stop-doing list. Are you with me on that, everybody? Like what, what would happen in your, in your life if instead of all of this stuff I have to do, I'm going to, this year, I'm going to make a list of stuff I'm going to stop doing in my life. Like I'm going to stop mindlessly scrolling on social media over and over and over and over and comparing my real life with somebody else's highlight. 
and I'm going to stop binging Netflix. I've watched all of Netflix. I, there's just no more else to watch. You can't watch Tiger King again. You just can't. Y'all shouldn't have watched that. Some of y'all gave yourself away. <laughs> I'm going to, I need to put on, this is, I'm just giving you my list. You, you got your own, what I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop eating a whole sleeve of Oreos. I'm going to eat just four, not the whole road. Are you with me, everybody? I'm going to stop gossiping and pretending I'm just praying. I'm looking at some of you. All of those prayer requests you're trying to gather are really just chances for you to get news and gossip. And at some point in your life, you're going to realize if they'll talk to you about them, they'll talk to them about you. I'm going to stop speaking negative in my life. I'm going to stop worrying in my... I'm just giving you some stuff I need to put on my stop doing list. I'm going to stop worrying and I'm going to stop nail biting. Where's all the nail biters at? All the nail... It's funny because y'all got to wear a mask because of health, but you bite your nails, huh? Right, anyways. I'm I'm a nail... I'm I'm worried. I'm going to stop picking a fight with my spouse. What? Nobody amen that. (laughs) I thought all the women would amen that. I'm going to stop picking a fight. I'm going to stop believing the worst in people. I'm going to stop being suspicious of everybody. I'm going to stop looking at everybody with my skeptical hippo eyes. (laughs) What's she mean by that? Why did he look at me when he said that? I'm going to stop I'm going to stop expecting failure out of my family and my own life. I'm going to stop highlighting on social media only the negative news. I'm preaching today. I'm going to stop sharing conspiracy theories. I, I just I added that at the very end there early this morning. <laughs> the Holy Ghost put that in my spirit to help somebody. I'm going to stop I'm going to there's some stuff I need to stop doing. We said this in week one, if you go back and watch that, that we, everybody has similar goals. Everybody wants a healthy life, a healthy marriage, good kids, positive life. Everybody wants, but we all have very different results. It's interesting. We all have the same goals, but very different results. Why is it? Because nobody, there was a commercial growing up. I, I, I'm a kid of the 80s, and I remember this commercial growing up uh, in, in the D.A.R.E. campaign, the Just Say No campaign. Are you with me on that, everybody? Anybody go to D.A.R.E.? Where's all my D.A.R.E. kids at? Yeah, the 80s kids. I love y'all. Yeah, I hope some of y'all, you know, said no. Anyway. (laughs) Some of y'all said yes, I can tell. There was this this commercial I remember on on TV that said nobody wants to be a a junkie when they grow up. You remember this? Nobody nobody, Nobody plans to ruin their life. Nobody plans to live paycheck to paycheck and stressing over money. Nobody plans to do that. No, no, nobody leaves college and says, well, I hope we struggle to keep the lights on. I, no, no, nobody plans to be in poor health and, and, and to die young and miss their children growing up and their grandchildren growing up. No, nobody plans to be addicted and out of control. Nobody plans to lose their marriage and lose the trust of their children because of an affair. Nobody plans that. Nobody plans to have a mediocre life with no passion and no drive and no vision and full of regrets. Nobody plans failures. But rarely, listen, 
Rarely do we end up at the wrong place, at all of those bad places, because of one bad choice. Rarely is it one bad thing that leads us to this place of utter despair where everything's lost and we can't believe we got there. Most of the time we end up in the wrong place because we took multiple steps in the wrong direction. It's one day at a time. It's one step at a time. It's one bad habit at a time in a direction. And before long, we look up and realize, I don't know how I got here. I don't know how I lost out in my relationship with God. I don't know how I lost my marriage. I don't know where joy went. I don't know how I got so negative. I don't know where bitterness took root in my heart. I don't know where I got addicted to pornography. I don't know how all of this happened. And it didn't happen on one day. It didn't happen on one choice. It happened because of the direction of your life. Say amen to that. Write this in your notes if you're taking notes. If you're not taking notes, write this in your notes anyway. (laughs) We don't end up at our potential. We end up at our patterns. We don't end up at what we wish happened, Eric. Nobody just lands in destiny. Nobody just lands in a dream marriage. Nobody just lands there in our potential, what I can do, what, I, what I'm created to do. What God, it's why we talk about discovering your purpose here. Because you're not just going to land in purpose. You're going to have to walk towards purpose. Are you there, everybody? You don't, you don't end up at your potential. You end up at the patterns of your life. Next month, I'll teach you about dating all the single people. Where's all the single people? Raise your hand, single people. Keep them up. Look around. Here's what you're working with. Just trying to help. Just trying to be a blessing to you. You don't date potential. You date pattern. Because you date someone thinking, well, I I know what they can be. No, they're going to be what they've always been, just married to you. that's good preaching I would go back and listen to me on the podcast on days like today we don't end up at our potential we end up at our pattern and a lot of people summarize listen the bad results of their life with one sentence and, and, they, and they simplify it like it just, Nick like it just happened today like well it was just, I just uh, it, it, it's like this listen here's what it sounds like when you get to the end where destruction is it sounds like this man they just they always battled with their health and, and last week they died of a heart attack now that's one sentence that sounds like that's the culmination of bad decisions but it was really decades of bad decisions in one direction are you with me everybody and that one sentence doesn't tell the whole story. It just, it just gives you the finality of the story. She cheated on him. And they divorced two weeks ago. That's, that, that, that doesn't tell you about the days and months and years and weeks of heartache in their marriage and bad decisions and going the wrong direction. That just gives you the one line where you end up. Are you following me, everybody? Most people think, well, it was just that one thing that happened. Well, if she wouldn't have cheated, it wouldn't have ended that way. Well, if, if he wouldn't have done that, it wouldn't have started that well. I, no, 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 no. It probably wasn't that one thing. It probably was the direction and a lot of things moving you in that direction. It doesn't tell the story of a thousand small bad decisions. The Bible's full of these. Now that I've told you about it, you're going to be able to find it all through the Bible. You're going to be able to find these one sentence summaries that don't, the Bible can't tell you all of the bad decisions. It just doesn't walk you through 
daily decisions and habits and directions. It just kind of gives you the summary. Well, this is what happened. It happens in the Old Testament a lot. You'll see things like, and this king uh, did, did right in the eyes of the Lord. Or, or this king did evil in the eyes of the Lord. It's a one-sentence summation that, that, that doesn't tell the full story, Michael, about a life of habit and direction. About a life that's moving where it should be. About choosing to do some stuff and choosing to stop some stuff. And there's a great one of these. In the, I'm just going to pick one out today. That I think is probably one of the most famous one-line summaries in the Bible. That doesn't tell the full story. It just gives you this summation of how I got here. Maybe I can help you on this last Sunday of square one. Stop doing some things. Judges 16 and 1 tells about a man named Samson. Samson is given this incredible potential by God. If anybody is anointed by God, it's Samson. He has supernatural strength. He, he, he has a, a Nazarite covenant with God. God has given him, in light of his sacrifice, God has given him supernatural ability. If anybody has potential in their life, it's Samson. If anybody can produce, if anybody has purpose on their life, if anybody's anointed by God, it's Samson. Samson has all of this opportunity and potential and purpose in front of him. Samson has his full life ahead of him, but he wasted it. And he wasted it not on what he would do. He based it on what he wouldn't stop doing. Listen to me. Samson wastes his anointing and his potential and his purpose, not on his to-do list, on what he refused not to do. And the summation sentence, the one sentence that doesn't tell the whole story, it just gives you the finality is Judges 16 and 1. And the Bible says it like this. One day, Samson went to Gaza where he saw a prostitute. Now, you know if you've written around the Bible very long how this story ends. You know it's Delilah. You know she tricks him. You know the multiple times she talks him out of his anointing and blessing. You know the, you know the struggle that he had. You know how he, his life ends. You know how they pluck his eyes out. You know how he, 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 he pushes. You, you know the whole story. But the whole story is, is a summary in this. In Judges 16 and 1, put it back up. It says, one day Samson went to Gaza where he saw a prostitute. One day where he saw a prostitute. One sentence summarizes the beginning of the end of the potential in Samson's life. Now, I got to tell you, keep this scripture on the screen because I want it to sink into your heart about the power of your one day decisions. Gaza is Philistine headquarters. There is no reason why a good Hebrew boy like Samson is going into Gaza. I mean, you're talking about standing out. I mean, he stands out there. No reason. He had no business to be in Gaza at all. It is the epicenter of the Philistines, and the Philistines are the sworn enemies of the people of God. And yet, he goes down into Gaza. They are public enemy number one, and yet Samson finds himself there. Now, more to the story. Gaza is 25 miles away from where Samson lives in Zorah. 25 miles away. Now, whether you're new to the Bible or not, I, I, I got to tell you, there was no Uber in Samson's day. 
Are you with me? There was no, he, there was no, he didn't, he didn't jump on a Vespa and drive down the coastline to Gaza. He walked to Gaza 25 miles. Look into my eyes. Who walks 25 miles for a little booga booga? Come on, somebody. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Listen, but people do dumb stuff every day. People waste their potential every day for a whole lot less. There are people in this room today who are wasting the anointing God put on your life, the remarkable potential and purpose of God for a whole lot less. It's stupid enough to risk so much for so little, but countless people do it every day. Samson didn't ruin his life in one day. He ruined his life over time. I, I looked it up. To, uh, the average person walking to walk 25 miles is about 56,250 steps. Listen to me. Samson didn't lose the anointing in one day. He lost it in 56,250 steps. And your potential and purpose and the anointing of God on your life And the year that you believe God has promised you to dream and to to rebuild and to put some stuff back together, you won't lose it in one decision. But you could lose it in step after step after step after step in the the wrong way. So I'm going to ask you today, based on who you believe God's called you to be, the potential you believe God has for you, Who do you want to become? And in light of who you want to become, what's that one thing you need to stop doing? What's that bad habit you got to shed out of you today? If you're going to start over in square one, what's that thing you got to add to the I can't go down to Gaza list? I've I've been toying around in this city I shouldn't be in to begin with. I've been walking down this road of negativity I shouldn't have ever walked down to begin with. I've been regurgitating gossip and negativity and, 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 uh, and now bitterness and anger is gripping and I shouldn't have never, I should have never walked down that road. I, I, I should have never clicked on that one link and, and that one link took me to another link and here I am a decade later addicted to pornography. I should have never, I gotta, there's some stuff I got to stop doing. Are you still there everybody? Is it okay if I still preach to you like this, everybody? I told you when I started this month, this year I'm going deep. I'm just going to, I'm just going to put the plow in as deep as I can get. Shoulder down all the way in. One drink isn't the problem. It's the steps. It's the steps. Interesting, when alcoholics are ready to be free, they go through 12. It's always, it steps in and steps out. It steps in and steps out. And, and, and Samson takes steps in the wrong direction. So I love the way that James, James is a practical, matter of fact, I'm preaching on the book of James this year. We're going to do a, a book study in the book of James. And um, I love how practical James is about this. James 1 and 21 says it like this. So get rid of every filthy habit. I love that. That's why I picked this translation. Every filthy habit and all wicked conduct. Listen. Submit to God 
and accept the word that he plants in your heart, which is able to save you. James doesn't, he doesn't make any bones about it. He said, if you want to do, if, you, if you're going to do this, you're going to have to add some stuff on the stop doing list. I'm going to have to put, I'm going to have to get rid of some stuff in my life. Are you ready, everybody? So how do you break bad habits? Let me teach this to you. Number one, I didn't put it on the screen, but write it in your notes. You're going to have to acknowledge it. You're going to have to acknowledge it. You're going to have to acknowledge that I got a bad habit. You cannot defeat what you will not define. You cannot defeat what you will not define. I've got an attitude. Listen, if you're going to change your attitude, you got to decide to admit, I've got a critical spirit. You are not being real. You're being critical. Oh, I'm just real. Oh, honey, you just got to know. I just tell it like it is. No, you're just critical and you're gossiping and negative and you've given yourself an excuse for being that way. And in 2020, we elevate critical spirits. And you'll tear down your marriage, every good relationship, every church you've ever been to and every job you've ever held, not because they're all bad, but because you have a critical spirit. <laughs> Am I there? I got to smile more. I'll say it while I'm smiling. You need deliverance from that negativity. <laughs> but you got to acknowledge. I got a complaining heart. I've got a gossiping tongue. It could be, it could be not just your attitude. I, I got an overeating problem. I eat too many sweets and too many fast food and too many snacks. Or snackies as I like to call them. <laughs> I got a digital problem. Come on, can I help somebody? Can, can I help you? I play too much video games. I'm on social media too much. I'm binge watching, I'm binge watching too, too much stuff on television. I waste too much time that way. I have a porn problem. I'm addicted to my mobile device. If, I, if you take, please don't take it away. Please don't take it away. Please, please don't take it away. Please don't take it. And then somebody takes it away and you're like, <laughs> please don't take it away. Are you with me, everybody? I got to acknowledge I got a problem. I, I got to acknowledge if you, if you have a substance, if there is an addiction, it could be sugar. It could be nicotine. It could be alcohol. It could be prescription drugs. It could be illegal drugs. I have. A, you got to acknowledge it. For you cannot defeat what you will not define. So decide. Here's some habits I got. If somebody's got to go to Samson and go Samson, I think it's about you going to Gaza. <laughs> I think it's about you taking too many trips into the enemy territory. I think it's about where you are. It's so funny to me because good habits, listen, good habits, things I should do, are usually more difficult in the beginning, but they pay off in the future. Are you with me, everybody? Like, it's hard to get up in the morning and run, or so I hear, because it's cold out. <laughs> you, are you there? But, but nine months later, I lose weight, and I feel better, and, I, and my blood pressure is lower. Right? So it's hard in the beginning, but the payoff's in the end. I, if I can either go to church or I could sleep in. I think I'll go to church, and months later when I'm faithful to church, now I'm closer to God, I, I, my marriage is better, and I've got peace in my heart. Are you with me? It's hard in the beginning, but the payoff is in the future. But bad habits are just the opposite. <laughs> bad habits, are, are they, they, it ha, it's immediately a benefit 
We're reading between the lines that Samson went down to Gaza and saw a prostitute. Look at my eyes. Booga booga time. It's always immediate benefit. And then you wake up tomorrow and realize, what did I do with my anointing? What did I do with the potential that God put in my life? How have I squandered this purpose of God in my life? I, it starts with sneaking out for a drink. It relieves stress. It's decades before alcohol takes your life and somebody else's on the highway. It starts with a customer of the year at an all-you-can-eat buffet. Come on, somebody. I'm saying that to preach to me. I'm helping me. I, want, I, want, I don't just want to single out your... It's years before you're diagnosed with diabetes. Are you with me? It's one hashtag on Twitter. And it's months before it's a, it's a casual encounter with somebody you met online. It, it's, it, bad habits start with an immediate benefit. And, and, then, and then later in your life you realize, I took 56,250 steps towards Delilah. How did I get here? What, what, what do you need to stop? Here, how, how do you break a bad habit? Write this down. The first thing is acknowledge it. Second, write this down. You're going to have to learn how to make it difficult to do. Write that in your notes. Make it difficult to do. I'm, I'm pre Some people ask, Pastor, how, how, what is the discipleship method at City Hill? I'm giving it to you. I'm, I'm helping you become a better disciple today. It's deciding some stuff in your life I'm going to stop doing. And I'm going to make it difficult to do the stuff I need to stop doing. Conversely, I'm going to make it easy to do the good stuff I'm supposed to do. Right? So 21 days of prayer, uh, we just ended. And, and so Monday through Friday at 6 o'clock, we're, we're there in the morning. The, the, the reason why, I, now I'm a morning person. All the morning people say amen. All the not morning people say, y'all not even here. Some of y'all not even here. You're here, but you're still, you're like four cups of coffee in going. I show up at 6 o'clock ready to go. Ready to go. Now. Part of the reason why I'm so ready to go, listen, is because I didn't go to bed at 3 a.m. the night before. I went to bed at 9-ish. And I laid my clothes out the night before like my mama used to do when I was going to school. Come on, somebody. That sounds crazy to you, but if I'm going to develop a good habit, I'm going to make it easy to do. Conversely, if I'm going to stop some bad stuff in my life, I've got to make it difficult to do. Samson, I don't know to be sure that you would not have met a prostitute in your hometown, but I know for sure you would have never met Delilah if you would have made it hard and not gone to Gaza. Are you with me, everybody? I got to make it difficult. I could have so much willpower. I am not going to eat a donut. I will not eat a donut. This is a no donut year in Jesus. Okay. I'm only going to eat half this donut. I will only eat half of this donut. I'm going to eat half and I'm going to put the other half over there. And I will not go back and eat that other half of that donut. I'm, I'm going to wait seven minutes. I read somewhere you could, di you could digest donuts in seven minutes. I will already get rid of this donut. I'm going to drink a lot of water with it. And then I'm going, okay, I've already wasted. I'm going to eat the other half of the donut. And then you go eat. If I make it easy to do, it's always going to be easy to keep doing. 
There's some stuff in your life you need to make it difficult to do it. If you, if you struggle with it, you need to make it difficult. you gotta, you got to learn how to. God, how can I discipline my life so that it's difficult to get back in that trap? Proverbs 4 and 14, the wisest man who ever lived says, Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. I love this. I'm actually all summer. Matter of fact, I'm preaching a whole series on Proverbs. And, and, and this, is, this is one of the, do not set foot on the path of of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Listen to how Solomon says it. Avoid it. Don't travel on it. Turn from it and go your own way. Are you with me everybody? Say amen. amen. Avoid it. Don't travel on it. Turn from it and go your own way. Avoid it. Don't travel on it. Turn from it. And go your own way. There's some stuff you just... Well, Pastor, it's not sin. It's not a sin to go to Gaza either. It's just if you struggle, if it's, if it's wrong in your life, if there's something that has a, a hold on you, you got to avoid that trigger. There's something I read in, in, in research, and I'm almost done today, called the habit loop. Once you look at this uh, uh, graphic, the habit loop. The habit loop says that there are triggers. There are triggers... That start uh, in my life. There's something that triggers me into an action. And then that action, the more I do it, I get a reward for it. And then, and then I look for the next trigger to help me recreate the reward I just got. Are you with me, everybody? So there's a trigger that leads to an action that gives me a reward. And then I look for triggers. Now... If you're going to develop a not-do list, the stuff i got to stop doing, if you're going to get rid of bad habits, you're going to have to learn how to remove the triggers in your life so that you can stop the action so you quit this reward cycle that happens in your life. This dopamine hit that you get every time somebody likes something on Instagram. This, th th this thing that you get when you have information and, and you feel like I'm powerful now. This, this, this thing that you get every time you click on every, every drink that you have, that, that release that you, you you're going to have to learn how. And it starts not with the reward and it doesn't even start with the action. It starts with the trigger. It starts with the trigger. Let me give you five major triggers to the habit loop. Number one, it's place, it's time, it's mood, it's moment, and it's people. Write those down. Let me teach them to you, and then we'll pray. Five major triggers in your life are place, time, my mood, moments in my life that create this, and some people. Next week, I'm going to teach you all about the people that trigger you in your life. <laughs> Keep that on the screen. Let me just start this. Let me start with a place. Listen, you, nobody ever overeats at a gym. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Are you with me, everybody? No, nobody. Nobody ever gets high at church. At least I hope not. You get high at a Super Bowl party. You overeat at a Super Bowl party. It's the place. Are you with me, everybody? It's time. Nobody looks at pornography while you're in a small group. You look at pornography when you're late at night home alone. And, 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 no, and you're bored and nobody's around. It's place and it's time. 
David, King David in, in, in the Bible, the man after God's own heart, David, he commits adultery with Bathsheba. You know this story. He commits adultery with Bathsheba. He tries to cover it up so much that he kills her. He has her husband killed on the front lines so that it looks like nothing happened and she was just some. And everybody in town knew Bathsheba. And they had a baby, by the way. Solomon, King Solomon, is the child of Bathsheba and David. But David didn't ruin his opportunity and the potential of his life. You say, well, how did he ruin his potential? Do you know that it was David's desire to build the house of God? And God tells David, because of your sin with Bathsheba, I will, you will not build this temple. As a matter of fact, the wailing wall that's still uh, uh, standing today in Jerusalem, the western wall that's still standing today, it is the western wall of Solomon's temple, not David's. It was supposed to be David's. But his potential was lost. Not in one decision. In a trigger of a place and a time. How could it be? How could it happen? I'll show you 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel 11 says it like this. In the spring, at the time when kings are supposed to go off to war, David stays at home and sends Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. But David stayed at home. Place and time. If David would have been on the battlefield, he would have never saw Bathsheba bathing on a rooftop. Place and time. Now listen, what are the places in your life? What's the time in your life when, when, when you should be fighting against and you give in to? I got to hurry. Place and time. Mood. Mood. The, uh, psychologists use the, the acronym HALT, H-A-L-T, to talk about the different moods that are triggers in your life. When I'm hungry, come on somebody, that's a whole mood. You know what I'm trying to tell you? When I'm angry, H-A, when I'm hungry, when I'm angry, I actually put those together and I'm just hangry. Come on somebody. H-A-L, when I'm lonely, T, when I'm tired. Look at your life. When do you sin? When do you struggle with depression? When does gossip come into your life? When does, when, when does, when does the enemy have a, a trigger in your life? When do, you, when do you run to a chemical to be able to satisfy? When you're hungry, tired, lonely, angry? It's your mood. It's a moment. So I'm just giving you five triggers. You do the same thing after this moment in time, every time. After you fight with your husband, you call your girlfriends and have a man bashing party. It's funny till you get divorced from it. After every softball game, you just go out for drinks till you can't remember the softball game. After you flunk a test, you smoke pot. After you pass your test to celebrate, you smoke pot. I skipped my test. I think I'm going to smoke pot. You have a pot problem. <laughs> That's the moment. People. People. Triggers. I'm just giving you some triggers. Studies are conclusive. The closer you are to someone, the more likely you are to share the habits of that person. Look at the five people in your life, closest people in your life. Your life will be the average of those five people. Their finances, their relationships, their marriage, their spiritual life, the five closest people in your life. 
Some of y'all looking around going, I got to get new people. <laughs> you do, which is why you need a small group. That's for real. It's why in 2021, more than we've ever needed in the history of Christianity, we need godly relationships. Because Proverbs says it like this, Proverbs 13, 20, says if you walk with the wise, you'll become wise. But if you walk with a bunch of fools, a companion of fools suffers harm. It matters the people you're with. I'm just giving you the triggers of your life. If your closest friends are all about God, all about church, if they speak life, if they live beneath their means, if they have good marriages and godly children, guess what? It's going to be easier for you to live that kind of life. If the, if the closest people in your life are, are addicted to drugs and video games and partying and smoking and drinking and carrying on and casual sex, and guess what? It's going to be difficult for you to avoid. that. I'm just telling you the triggers. It's almost impossible. Write this down. The reason why we launched small groups, the reason why today you need to jump on that small group directory and find your place is because it's almost impossible to live the right life with the wrong friends. Almost impossible to live the right life with the wrong friends. I got a lot to skip. It's all good. Just trust me on it. You're going to, I should have said that. That's going to be good. But let me ask you the big idea. The big idea as we end square one is why? Why resist temptation tomorrow if I have the power to eliminate it today? Why would I struggle with temptation tomorrow when I have the power to eliminate it today? Why would I struggle walking past the prostitute in Gaza when today I can decide I'm not going there? I'm just not going. I'm just not going to let those triggers in my mind. I'm, I'm not going to let. I'm not going to let my mood affect. I'm not. I'm not going to let certain people. I'm not going to let. I'm just. I'm not going to let this. I'm not going to let it happen. I'm not going to let it happen in my life. The habits you have today will shape who you become tomorrow. So the question is: Do you like who you're becoming? Do you like who you're becoming? Most people get to the end of their lives and they don't talk about what they did. They talk about what they wish they would have done. In my line of work, unfortunately, I, I see people at their highest highs and lowest lows. I'm there when their babies are born and I'm there when they bury their parents. I'm there when they say I do and I'm there when they're sleeping in separate bedrooms. And it's my calling and, and, and I, I'm not complaining about it. I just, I get a front row seat into bad and good decisions and direction. And one thing I know that people get to the end of their lives and they never talk about what they did. They talk about what they wish they did. I wish I would have spent more time with my kids. I wish I would have forgiven my dad so we could have had a relationship before he died. I wish I would have never started. Nobody ever gets to the end of their life and say, you know, the one thing I wish I would have done more is drink. Never. Never. Not one. I've never had a person. I had no idea this would ruin my marriage. I thought it was just one video. I, ne I never would have thought my kids would be lost today. I thought we could just skip church for a little while. I didn't think it was really that important. I never realized my 18, 19, 20-year-old daughter would swear off Christianity because I was so inconsistent.
which direction? Which direction? Which way are you walking? And I, and I got to end today giving you some good hopeful news because I've kind of helped you today <laughs> take off some stuff. So let me give you some. Are you ready for some hope? Come on, somebody. I am. I'm preaching and I'm ready for it, Jonathan. Don't underestimate how God can start something special and small in your life. If you're like me, you kind of wait for the big changes, you know. I, I, want, I want it all or I don't want anything. Anybody like that? You go to redecorate a house and you're like, if I can't buy the whole thing, I don't want just one thing. I want the whole thing or nothing. Matter of fact, I don't even like this house. <laughs> right? But I don't want you to underestimate. You may not find complete deliverance today or in this small group semester. But don't underestimate changing direction. It took 56,250 steps to get to Gaza. And it took the rest of Samson's life to get out of Gaza. Never underestimate that God can do something small. Zechariah 4 and 10 says, Do not despise these small beginnings in your life. For the Lord rejoices, not when you're perfect, not when you get it all together, not when everything's in line. God rejoices just when you see the work began. <laughs> God rejoices when you just get to square one and say, okay, today's the day. Listen to me. Nobody moving. Look at me. God rejoices when you say, I'm going to get baptized today. It's square one. God rejoices when you say, I'm going to stop today. Just, I'm going to do my best today. God rejoices when it's small steps. When you begin to break cycles in your life. When you begin to dig the ditches in the desert of your life. When you begin to listen for the voice of God in your life. When you begin to break the habit loop and the friends that you're cutting out of your life. And when you do, listen close. When you do, start today. Evidence starts building up. That God's anointing was always on you, Samson. Listen. The end of the story is this. Samson gets to the end of his life. He's tied up to a mill with a bunch of donkeys and mules. And he's running around this stone. Attached to this stone mill like a pack animal. His eyes are gouged out. His hair's cut off and he has no strength. And he asks the Lord, God, one more time would you give me strength. And if you know your Bible, you know one more time God gave him the strength to take down the Philistines. Why? Because he always had the same anointing. And look at my eyes. You have the same purpose and potential and anointing that God's always given you. You just have to decide to begin today. Just square one. Every time you work out, you're becoming the athlete God's called. Every time you practice an instrument, you're becoming a musician. Every time you pray with your kids... You're becoming a godly dad. Does one prayer make you a godly father? No. But you're becoming a godly father. Every time you pray with your spouse, you're becoming the husband that God's called you to be. Every time you serve, you're becoming an ambassador of the kingdom. Every time you give, you're becoming a generous person. Every time you love your enemies, you're becoming more like Christ. Every time you do it, you're becoming a devil-kicking, God-honoring, overcomer in your life. I'm becoming something. I'm becoming something. I'm starting today. Bow your heads all over the house. I'm starting today. I'm starting today.
Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for people today who need to start over. Square one, there's a lot that's been lost. In 2020, there's a lot that the enemy stole and took from us, our security, our safety, our peace, our joy. There's a lot the enemy still has planned, division and running to your side and running to my side and who's right and who's wrong. Divorce is up. Suicide's up. Alcoholism's up. Everything that's bad's up. But not us. Not the people in this room. Not the people at church online today. Father, I pray today there's a spirit of starting over. There's a there's a not-to-do list. There's a I'm stopping this list. It's beginning to form in their heart. I'm preaching and praying for a bunch of Samson's today, anointed by God, called by God to do great things, a covenant relationship with the God of all eternity who has purpose on their life, potential for their marriage, anointing on them as a 20-something, in, in, in just beginning their future, anointing on a 60-year-old person here who believes I've squandered and wasted my life. No, 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 there's still so much more. I just decided to start again. I just decided to go back to square one. Let 2021 be a start over year. Let 2021 be a start over year where, where people who've decided that, that, that marriage isn't worth it, they start over today. They, 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 they decide, let's recommit. Let's try again. Let's back up. Let's go to counseling. Let's read the book. Let's go all in. The people who've decided to just walk away from their responsibilities and let's just file bankruptcy. I don't know how to get out of this. No, no, no. I can, we can get out. God's blessing us. I'm going to put God first. God's our provider. God's our source. We can, we can live beneath our means and take back our lives financially. People who are struggling with depression. People who are ODing on sleeping pills just to get through their lives. Today's the day they take back their lives. Say, I don't, I don't have to do, I don't have to live chemically dependent. I can live with joy and the peace of God that He promised me in my life. Square one. Square one. If that's you today, nobody's looking, none of our, not even our team's moving around. If that's you and you want to be included in this prayer, would you just shoot your hand up as high as you can get it? Say, that's me. I need to start over. I see you all over the place. I see you today. I see you. I need to start over my spiritual life. I see you. Keep your hands up. I need to start over my, my I see you. My financial life. I need to, our relationships. I see you. It's square one. Today's day one. I see you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, couples. Thank you. Father, I pray for every hand that was raised. I pray for people who didn't raise their hands but so desperately wanted to. White knuckling, holding on. Today's a new start. I can't pray a prayer of surrender for you, but I can lead you in it and pray it with you. So in your own way, with your own words, from the depths of your heart, say something like this. Dear Jesus, I surrender today. I surrender the grip hold I'm holding on to my life, my habits, this cycle that I've been in. God, I let go today of every area of my life that's causing me harm. I let go of the direction it's leading me to a place I didn't want to go, leading me to bitterness and anger and leading me to ruin relationships and never really having deep, meaningful friendships because of bitterness and gossip and negativity. God, take that out of me. 
God, take out of me a victim mentality. Come on, I'm praying against that. I feel strongly to pray against that. I, I will not be a victim. Take out of me victimhood that started when I was a child. I don't know why I walked through what I walked through. I don't know why it was so difficult. I don't know why the hurt, the pain that my father caused, that my grandparents caused. I don't know why the molestation. I don't know why. But I refuse to live one more day bound as a victim to my circumstance. I'm starting over today as an overcomer. It's more than a conqueror. I'm starting over today at square one today. I'm going to be a godly father. I'm going to be a godly wife. I'm going to serve God with all of them. I'm going to live my purpose. I will not just get through this life paying bills and building my own kingdom. I will not live one more day for me. I'm on this earth for a purpose and destiny. And God, I'm living my life for you. Come on, say it like that. And I surrender my whole life today. If you've never prayed that kind of prayer, if you've never given your life to Jesus, let me lead you in it today. Father, I give you my whole life. Come on, if you've never surrendered, I repent of my sins. I believe Jesus died for them. I believe God raised him from the dead. I make you Lord of my life today. I'm starting over. Come on, everybody in the room and everybody at church online saying, I'm starting over. 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 I'm getting rid of the past. I'm starting over from 2020. Today's day one. Today's day one in my new journey of joy. Today's day one in our peace. Today's day one in our merits. Today's day one of me taking control of my health and my mind and my emotions. Today is day one. I'm starting over. I'm starting over. Thank you, Jesus, for the chance to start over. In Jesus' name. All of God's people shout a big amen. Thank you for joining us today. And a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.